0: Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Sustainability Report podcast, your guide to sustainability leadership, innovation, and strategy in the sports industry. I'm Matthew Campelli, and off the back of a hugely, hugely successful Green Football weekend, I'm finding out about one of the standout announcements, the unveiling of Wolverhampton Wanderers' new sustainability strategy, One Pack, One Planet. Telling me all about it is Project League, Tom Rawson, who has been driving environmental leadership in football for some time. First, as the founder of Sustainable Football, also as the sport's first Chief Sustainability Officer at Hanwell Town FC, and latterly through his work with Football for Future. In this episode, Tom explains how he supported the Premier League team through the development of the strategy, why effective internal communications was crucial to its foundations, and what the club will do going forward. To achieve objectives within its four areas of action tom kicks off the show by explaining how the partnership came about enjoy the episode
1: one pack one planet is this sort of uh, headline uh, identity uh, that we've that we've developed and and launched for uh for wolves that relates to their environmental sustainability so uh it features four headline commitments so it's um kind of really Comprehensive in scope in terms of environmental sustainability. So carbon to work towards becoming a net zero football club by 2040. Waste is all about embracing a circular economy, minimising waste and maximising reuse. Nature, so protecting the local natural environment and supporting a wilder future. And then culture as well, which is all about embedding sustainability across the club and uh, using the platform of the club to engage, educate and communicate around sustainability. What we wanted this strategy to do was not only focus on reducing and uh, minimising Wolves' own uh, environmental footprint, which is obviously really significant and a, and a, and a core part of, of what this strategy does address. Not only that, but building on that as a, as a foundation to then use the club's platform to educate and communicate to, to the communities and, and obviously supporters and, and global communities that, that, that the club has, uh, that the club reaches
0: maybe we can talk a little bit about some of these uh these four headline commitments um and one of the really interesting aspects of it is that is the cultural aspect you know really looking at sustainability from a governance point of view and making it something that's core to wolves's business rather than being a bit side like it is in some sports organizations how have you tried to tackle that cultural aspect tom and what you know what what have um, what do you kind of plan going forward a really important point and that's been it's been absolutely fundamental to
1: the development of the strategy is to ensure that we've got Really good buy-in from all all the way across the club. So this isn't some you know that environmental sustainability isn't something that's seen to be falling into, you know, only one individual's remit. Um, and so so in order to to address that early on in the process, we we, we run this kickoff training workshop, uh, which was to get more than thirty of the club's kind of senior leadership into a room and explore with them what what climate change was all about and what this what this issue. Uh, relationship with uh, between sustainability and football meant you know what what the issue of sustainability meant for them as a football club and that kind of uh, allowed us to move forward with uh, with momentum with people from you know with heads of department from across um, from across the whole club to make sure that what we were focusing on was relevant to each and every one of them so that they could understand uh, and help to kind of basically co-create their own their own action plans in their own respective areas, so that this is, you know, genuinely something that is um, is 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 owned going forward across the club, rather than being, you know, uh, as 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 you as you phrased it earlier, some, something that is sort of bolted on or added on or or seen as a nice to have, um, slightly separate.
0: Well, what, what kind of response did you get Tom, when uh, you kind of brought together you know environmental sustainability in football? Because I think a lot of people maybe working in sport maybe haven't really you know put, put the two two things together was there was there surprise was there what was there a, a, a broad broad knowledge among people uh, how would you characterize that
1: i think there was really good engagement there was really good uh, receptiveness but we, we we kind of we actually we actually did a evaluation survey before and afterwards just to just to find out how how people felt and how uh, colleagues rated their own understanding before and after the session and I think initially, while there was there's really good engagement and positivity uh, about being involved, people didn't necessarily feel that they had the right level of understanding or you know, were familiar enough with the terminology. And certainly what, what often seems to be a gap is, is, is making it relevant to football and then even more specifically making it relevant to their sort of department within a football club. So uh, I think making that tangible, you know, bringing it bringing a bit of terminology to life in terms of how it you know circular circular economy for example how, you know that that has very real uh, impacts and considerations into into everyday actions that you know in any role um, so bringing that to life uh, and making that very tangible and real had a really positive effect and then and then in then allowing people to feel engaged in the process and, and able to contribute and, and, and co-develop those those plans
0: yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. Bringing it to life and, and making kind of abstract topics, you know, a, a lot more approachable. And I, I think there'll be many people in sport grappling with it, particularly people who are trying to get colleagues and and leadership on the side when when trying to push forward with sustainability plans. You know, can you give maybe one or two tips about you know how how you know based on your experience how you, how you can bring these topics to life? Um, you know what did you what did you do in that respect?
1: Yeah, we um, we we run a few exercises. I mentioned circular economy there, so. Uh, you know just thinking about i guess and could do is just think about the the products that you that you buy on a day to day basis or the products that you use on a day to day basis and you can think about you know upstream where they came from and downstream what's going to happen to the next um and and everything you can frame in that kind of you know putting arrows on it you know using using those feedback loops to think about okay well if if actually rather than this going this becoming a rubbish project uh, product it can become you know what can it become that starts that cycle again um so you can just think about anything that you that you've used uh during the day or that you've that you've bought as part of your role and try and put some real life examples on okay i've identified that what is a way you know give me a way that it could be reused or give me a way that you could instead of buying it reuse something else to fill that same purpose
0: it's it's interesting when you talk about um you know, how, you know, giving them kind of the the opportunity to to build their own action plans and sort of build capacity and knowledge within them, so they've got the, they feel more confident to build their own sustainability action plans. How how important is it when going through this process? Is it giving agency to people to give them the opportunity to 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 build their own plans? And and how, how much how much kind of support and guidance do you need to, to help them to do that? You know, where does the agency stop and the support start?
1: Yeah, well, a key part of our process, then, key part of what we delivered for Wolves was this was um, was an environmental review, uh, as, as as we call it. So, putting into, you know, getting into the detail of how the club operates um, and what the current uh, what the current processes are, what current performance is like, and, and that's identifying good practice as well as uh, as well as opportunities for improvement. And as you go through that process, you start to ask questions, and you start to ask questions that people haven't necessarily asked before or asked in asked in the in the within the within the framework of environmental sustainability and uh and through the process kind of found that asking asking the right questions allowed people to you know put the right things together to you know realize what you know that people people across departments are the experts of their department so ultimately they're they're always where the best solutions are going to come from um, so asking the questions and framing it in in the context of environmental sustainability, you, you're going to get a lot of really good ideas. And I think that's important for the for the ideas and the solutions to be, you know, to to come from the people who are going to have to implement them, because it gives that gives that sense of ownership and and also make sure you're getting to the right answers. So we're you know you know it's really important that we're not coming in and um, firstly you know we're delivering a product that is bespoke so it's bespoke to the way that the departments operate and uh, the issues that, that they face and they're not kind of generic ideas that um, can just be applied necessarily to to any club or any organization and yeah and, and i mean i mean then going forward that you've got you've got pl- you've got plans of action that don't come from a kind of outside expert. They actually come from the inside, and, um, and and I think that is much more likely to foster buy-in and success going forward.
0: Well, what are the, what are the next steps with the, with the strategy? Tom, the strategy was released uh, just before the weekend. You've got these action plans in place now. You know what do you see kind of happening in the next kind of year, eighteen months?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm now um, I, I'm I'm now supporting continuing to support the One Pack One pla- One Planet campaign going forward. Um, and what we'll be what we'll be doing next is, uh, well, from an internal management point of view, putting in place um, a, a structure of uh, environmental sustainability champions, so one, one Pack One Planet champions, who can come together and represent those those various departments that we've been working with over the past year, to um, continually update and, and and give kind of progress updates in in a, in, a, in, a, in a in a forum. Where they can also explore ideas uh, and discuss new ideas, so ensuring that implementation in place and is structured, and that there's a, there's a system of of, of reporting that so uh, and and sharing that to to encourage progress to be continue to be made, and what what that will also allow us to do then is. Um, is keep track and identify where where all all this good work is happening, and then make sure that we can communicate about it both internally and externally, so that we can give clear uh, and transparent um, uh, regular updates. So that so this doesn't, you know, this isn't a a launch that, that 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 goes away, but it's a launch that leads to momentum and leads to action and leads to things, you know, much bigger and better things happening.
0: From your point of view, Tom, who would be the key kind of external kind of stakeholders from Wolves' point of view? But we took in fans, we took in partners. You know, who, who are they trying to? You know, who would be the? When you talk about transparent communication, who, you know, who, which kind of audiences do you have in mind?
1: I think those are both really good examples. So early on in the in the process, we were, we were keen to to, to ensure that um, the voice of of fans, the voices of fans, were included in this process, and that we were. Uh, cognizant of what what fans were were saying and thinking about with regards to uh to the sustain- the environmental sustainability of wolves so early on in the process we um we supported the club to roll out a, a fan values survey on environmental sustainability and that was we we got one over one thousand responses on that uh which was o- overwhelmingly positive and in support of 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 action in this area there was kind of a uh, an over over eighty percent in all cases said that they that they care about this issue of sustainability and climate change. They feel wolves have a responsibility to act, and they they agree that that they themselves had a, had an important role to play in making sustainable choices. So I think there's there's a clear demand on this, and this is this is not only wolves, this is football fans in general. There's a clear demand and expectation from fans that they're club is taking action on this um, and you know the only way that the fans can be reassured that the club is taking action on this is the club effectively communicating so communicating about that in an effective way that is that, that shares so shares all of the good stuff that's happening behind the scenes and you know builds on the good work that the club is doing to to promote positive messages about the importance of the climate emergency and the importance of of, of sustainable choices.
0: Over eighty percent sounds like a really, really high proportion, really, really, really large amount. Were, were you, while you were probably expecting there to be like because of the strength of feeling around climate change, a lot of you know people responding positive, positively to this. Did, you know, were you quite surprised that the number was so high initially? I
1: think having been sort of aware of of fan action in the, in this space and part of. Part of conversations with supporters trusts more broadly i i see environmental sustainability and climate change as an issue that is that is really prominent in in in, in the minds of fans i think it's fair to say that you know on the other hand being asked the, being asked the question and, and 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 being you know being asked through a survey whether you care about environmental sustainability and climate change even if it wasn't particularly on your radar beforehand, if if you're being asked about it and if the club is actually communicating about it, um, it might prompt it might prompt that thought and and actually people people do football fans and and, and people more generally un- recognize this as as a, as, a, as an important issue and and want to see the the clubs that they uh, have a, have an emotional attachment to and and that they you know want to want to share values with they they want to see the club you know sharing those same values and taking action in that
0: way what kind of response did you um did you did you kind of see at a, at a weekend during the game I know there was a lot of uh there were lots of activations around sustainability around the game um with Liverpool at the weekend uh the green iron bands um lots of things happening in and around the stadium um uh you know what was your feeling uh, about how the day went
1: yeah it was a it was a really successful day there was there was as you say there were a huge, huge number of activations um we don't know the stats on, on the plant-based food options but there were there was a 20 percent discount on, on plant-based food across the concourse which I, I know went down really well and and hopefully you know people were slightly nudged to make that make that decision and it might open their eyes to an option that they've never considered before or um you know have it hadn't considered to be more sustainable before more widely you know the 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 branding was there for all to see. And, and I'm sure it made a, a really positive impression, you know, seeing the one pack one planet branding, uh, across the, uh, across the led, um, boards and on, on, on the big screen at, at, at halftime and before the, uh, before the game. So I think fans within, you know, around Molyneux and, and in the ground would have, would have, um, been very aware of of the one pack one planet campaign and and being part of of green football weekend as well and hopefully that that kind of awareness raising and and an act proactive communication from the club is exactly what will what will help to to land that message for fans well
0: it's interesting you talk about landing the message because one pack one planet obviously resonates massively or has the potential to resonate massively with with the fans for obvious reasons um but, you know where, where did that tagline where did the branding come from and and you know you know how how important is that kind of branding when you're trying to get trying to get the fans on sides
1: yeah so yeah one one pack is uh is an existing kind of um uh, uh phrasing that, that the club uses and i think it works well uh, alongside you know obviously one planet we we need to look after planet earth we've we've only got one planet that that, that fulfills um that fulfills our needs as, as, uh, as, as humans and, and, you know, the, the ecosystems that exist on, on the planet. So one pack, one planet, I think helps to highlight that, you know, we all need to look after this, this planet that we rely upon. The one, the one pack mentality then sort of the one pack mentality then sort of shows that it's within everybody's role, you know, everybody can make a difference, and and it's it's all about working as a team and working together to make these changes happen. So, one pack, one planet is uh, really closely linked, obviously to to wolves uh, f- through through the through the wolf pack, um, and hopefully, it's something that flat that, that fans can can relate to, understand what the fundamental message is, and um, and, and buy into it.
0: A very important part of the pack is obviously the, the footballers themselves and you managed to get Dan Bentley on board as an ambassador. Um, you know, how do you go about engaging players? How do you kind of gauge their motivation for getting involved? And you know, what 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 can ambassadors do on a very practical level to support to support projects like this?
1: Yeah, Dan Bentley is a is a really good example of uh, of a player who has um has used their platform in the past to 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 communicate about about these issues. So Dan Bentley was previously club captain at Bristol City. Um Pr- Bristol City are um uh, work closely in partnership with Pledgeball. So Dan Bentley was um uh, a really important part of that Pledgeball campaign and has, has, has spoken in the past about about you know his how he feels that this issue is important. So when Wolves signed Dan because he is a he is a new signing you know it was a Really, it was too good an opportunity to miss. Really, to um, to to tell him about the work that we were doing and and bring him on on board as an ambassador. I think having having the voice of a player in there is 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 so important as well because because it's all it's all about it's all about footballers. It's the 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 platform and the influence that footballers have. um, I think goes beyond any other type of athlete, um, I think it, it it goes beyond any other, you know, type, entity or organisation that footballers are, are so well followed and, um, and supported that having their voice attached to a campaign like this is, um, is, is, is a, is, is a huge boost for the campaign. And it'd be really good to, um, to see how, how Dan can, to, can fit into the communications going forward and be a really core part in his role as, one Pack One Planet ambassador to um, to continue to to play a, yeah really a really strong role in getting this message you know out outwards and externally, and also bringing people together internally too.
0: I, I suppose the next question is um, we talk about the footballers getting involved, the players getting involved, and it seems to me like more and more players are using their voice to talk about environmental issues. And I know we all live in our kind of our own bubbles, but it seemed to me that Green Football Weekend was a huge success lots of media lots of fans lots of people getting involved in it but where what's your sense of where we are with this when it comes to football and environmental responsibility and awareness tom um you know how would you characterize where we are in terms of the, the landscape and what's the potential to build on this going forward do you think
1: yeah i think that's a really really important question to reflect on given given the uh given the weekend we've just had and um we've I think over the uh, sort of three years that I've been closely focused on on this on this issue, this kind of relationship between football and climate change and sustainability, there's been a really huge amount of progress. I think mainly through through fan pressure and increasing fan expectation, we've seen clubs beginning to take action, and, and in many cases, beginning to take you know quite quite uh, sort of systemic and structured and, and comprehensive action i I still think there's uh room for there's room for a lot more for for the industry to um to progress in terms of uh the way that clubs focus on these issues there are still a, a, a lot of clubs who don't have this who don't have these campaigns or don't have this expertise to be able to establish a strategic approach to environmental sustainability having this embedded in 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 the culture of football clubs and having this embedded in the in the governance and structures of football clubs i think is again something that's on its way um something that we're starting to see more of but it's but it's not quite there and i don't think it's quite where it needs to be or on a par with uh with where other industries are at so i think there's so much movement in the right direction i'd also like to see more. More focus on, more focus on clubs themselves. You know, getting their own commitments and approaches in order, and communicating about them really well. Because uh, I think we could, we can say that a significant amount of, of clubs are are taking some level of action on this, but they they don't have the sort of maybe it's confidence or. You know justification for for why they would why they would talk about that and it, and it therefore creates a you know sense of a gap or a sense of something not happening. Then I think there's there's a level of of, of clubs who are um, communicating this without it being something that is you know fully embedded in, in into the club and that there's there's much more that that can be done. And I think I'd I'd like that to be you know a, a really strong industry to be the platform for then um and i think fans want to see that that being to be the platform for them for them to then be asked to to make changes and ensuring that the the, the infrastructure is in place for them to be able to to, to make changes and a, and a, and a, um a core i think a core example of that is is around fan travel mm-hmm. so we see in you know in in the in the carbon footprinting and analysis that we've done uh, as well as other reports have been published all over fan travel always comes out as a, as a significant, if not the most significant con- contributor that the that, that football clubs have in terms of their carbon footprint. It's it's scope three for a football club. So it's something that the club can't directly control. It's uh, it's within the sphere. It's within the realm, the, the sphere of influence or fans to, to make, make those decisions about you know, how they get to games. But at the same time, you, you can't ask ask fans to do something that they're either not able to do or the infrastructure isn't in place to do, or you know, they're, they're being restricted in the choices that they can make. They're being restricted in the ways that they can make sustainable choices through whether it be pricing or schedule changes or actual availability of of uh, public transport services or accessibility. So I think all of these things require, you know, there's they, re, they require all all parties to work together in collaboration and, and encouraging encouraging fans to make sustainable choices is the right thing. Also, facilitating more sustainable choices and uh, more accessible and affordable sustainable choices is is a is a really important one. Uh, so I think that's that's the ma- the main area where I'd like to see where I'm, I'm hoping to you know, see and, and and also progress real improvement.
0: Well, for anyone who's going to be starting off this process, making it more strategic like Wolves have and taking a similar path that you have and, and, and filling that gap uh, so, so football can, can be a leading industry, what advice would you give them? Any pitfalls that they could avoid and any general bits of hints on how they could get off on the best best possible footing on this?
1: Yeah, I, I think there, were, there are uh, a number of there are some existing frameworks out there which are which are really important to align to and and um and and uh focus priorities on there's obviously a a, a range of uh, external expertise out there as well who people who you know there are people who are knowledgeable who can who can help i think i think in many cases it, it, it does come down to sort of a level of of confidence that that um that there's a story there to tell that that something that can be communicated on that you know often there are good examples there are examples of good practice in clubs um but either it might not have been sort of you know considered under the the, the environmental banner or it might not you know feel worthy or robust of or, or, or robust enough to sort of communicate about and talk about but i think being 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 transparent and um and actually not being not not feeling the need to have everything in place before you start communicating but to but to be able to share your journey and 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 communicate from the start to to show that this is that this is a this is an issue that's on the club's radar and, and one of the club's priorities i think is important so to so being, being being transparent sharing the journey with fans and um and not being not being fearful of uh of, of communicating and engaging on the issue
0: a big thank you to tom and best of luck to Herman Walls with the implementation of One Pack, One Planet. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and subscribe to be notified about future episodes. See you next time on the Sustainability Report Podcast.